ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining. Joining me once again to discuss the man of steel is the man of steel himself, Alex Duehi. Oh, wow. I get the title Man of Steel? Sure, why not? I like it. It's a lot better than titles I've usually been given. <laughs> well, you know, you're the Man of Steel for the first few minutes when he's you know, kind of a hobo, disheveled. And there's the catch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, anyway, this week we are going to be discussing the Man of Steel because, of course, next week is the release of Batman vs. Superman, which this Man of Steel movie is the precursor. And we're going to just jump right into it. If you haven't seen Man of Steel, you should go see Man of Steel. (laughs) So, without further ado, let's get in. To Man of Steel. <laughs> what did you think? I really like this movie. You you really? I or really did. Really don't. Okay. Yeah, I really did. I um, I I told you a few days ago that I had watched this pretty recently, not that long ago, and I think I was just kind of sifting through the movies that I owned, and I sifting sifting. Like with your Sift, hand like, going through, like, just <laughs> sifting. Yeah. Just through the movies that I owned, I saw this, and I remember seeing it, I think I saw it in theaters, but I remember when it first came out, and I couldn't remember much about it. This came out in 2012, right? Yeah. It says 2013, but we'll we'll let it slide. Okay. But I I didn't remember much about it. I I remember that it was pretty good, Um, so I pulled it out, I watched it, I really enjoyed it, and ever since then, that was only a few months ago, I've been itching a little bit to watch it again and I think I really enjoy the first like hour and 15 minutes of this movie to what point is that I think it's when they when him and Zod start beating up on each other at in Metropolis yeah I think is when I don't know I get the lack of kryptonite in this movie I think has well the terraforming is creating kryptonite Correct, but I don't know. I, I, I think the the first part, the story leading up to it, just setting the, the mood and the tone and the background of Superman, I think is really well done. Um, I, I really enjoyed the acting. Uh, the music is phenomenal. Music is amazing. And, and some of the images that we get to, the imagery, the cinematography is just incredible. Um, I mean, and, and it better be for their $225 million budget. That is a huge budget. That is ridiculous. Um, but, you know, I I really like um, Henry Cavill as Superman. I think he would be what I would expect. He doesn't look nerdy enough to play Clark Kent um, at, at the very end when we see him in, in, mm-hmm. as the Daily Planet. But then again... How plausible is that mm-hmm. in real life? You know what I mean? If you're a god, right. you can only look so nerdy. Um, I, you know, speaking of the way he looks, a couple times in this movie, because I was watching it and just kind of, you know, thinking, some expressions, his face has a lot of like expressions to it. And there were a few times when he was doing like the Superman pose or something like that. 
And I could see almost a little bit of Tom Welling in him, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I didn't get any Christopher Reeve or Brandon Routh right. or anything, but definitely I could get a Tom Welling vibe from a couple of his poses and the way his face looked in them. And he doesn't, he's one of those actors that he can create a really deep emotion without moving his face very much at all. His facial, you know, like his eyebrows or his cheeks, or something, they don't move very much at all, but you can read very well what emotion he's trying to portray. Right. And I think that's a really cool feature for Superman to have, right? Because he's got to be very stoic, very godlike, but he can, you know, that humanistic side of him being on Earth all these years, he, he's able to show that without showing it physically. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. I'm sure that was completely unintended with the casting of Henry. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's a really good movie. I, I enjoyed the story very much. And, I, you know, even Molly got into it a little bit when we were watching. She, you know, is not really a Superman or a superhero fan, you know, these types of movies nonetheless. But she was into the first part of it. I think where we lost, where she lost it, where I kind of lost it a little bit is when they started beating up on each other in Metropolis. The huge yeah, thing. It just... And I don't know what it was. It was just, maybe it was just drawn out too much. Maybe it just lasted too long. Because in all these big fight sequences, while they're really cool visually, I mean, there's not really a story going on in the middle of them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I like I like when the story has a good pace and progresses throughout the movie on top of these action builds. And I thought maybe they just should have paced out the action sequences a little bit better in this movie rather than do this big backstory for, you know, the first half of the movie and then all the action in the last half of the movie. I'm not saying I was bored throughout the movie, just maybe something that would have helped the pace of the movie a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. What do you think? The movie starts out with the Krypton scene, right? Mm -hmm. That scene was longer than I remembered it being. Like, it, it... kept going for a while. I, yeah. I knew that that scene was there, but I just kind of forgot how long it was. It was kind of cool to see Jor-El versus Zod in that aspect, you know, trying to get Kal-El off the planet. Mm-hmm. But it's just interesting just to kind of see how it all, their take on how Krypton fell, what happened to Krypton. Mm-hmm. And this big battle that's kind of happening at the end, but then it just kind of shut down really quickly when, you know, the government other side of government comes in and tells Zod to lay down his arms. Kind of felt weird. Late as a... usual, right? They came in right after he died. Right. And I'm surprised they shot down the one ship and not both ships that were, you know, Kal-El's space pod and the ship that was chasing it. But it was just interesting in the fact that this whole time, Zod seemed to have the upper hand, and he's the military guy. Like, he's mm-hmm. bred to be the military guy. Why is he captured? He should have the entire backing of the entire military because they're all bred to believe the same thing in the same way he thinks. Mm-hmm. There's no way that he should have been stopped. And then it just looked like a group of mercenaries right. when that government came in. Mm-hmm. It was like one ship. Where's the rest of these ships? There was a huge battle going on like a minute ago when all this yeah. stuff was blowing up. So where where's all the rest of the ships? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was just kind of odd there, but... Moving past that, that was visually amazing. Very, yeah, The music very was great. You know, it was just really cool to see Krypton brought to life in that way with, you know, the different exotic animals, the the architecture and everything was really cool. Avatar. Kind of. <laughs> I guess you could see yeah, that. Get some Avatar out of there. 
And then I and then why did they choose to have that trial session when they know that the planet is on the verge of imploding? They're gonna the question is somebody. What? How much time passes between when Kal you know gets yeah. shot into space, and then they have this trial? It can't. Have, it it can't up. have been much. Well, because there was there was a, there was a costume change. If you saw it with a lot of the people that were at sure. the trial, mm-hmm. and then it was just like all of a sudden, okay, now we're blowing up. How? how and of there all wasn't the, a clear distinction on that. Right, and of all the technology that they showed on that planet to not be able to identify that the planet is on the verge of mm-hmm. imploding. A little unrealistic okay. there. It's one guy's opinion, you know, trying to sway in. Yeah, I mean, there had to be more people because there were other scientists. They were. Yeah. Jor-El is not the only scientist. Right. You know, he's him and whoever else. This is what we say. This is what you got to understand needs to influence the government body and then be like, okay, well, we understand what you're saying. It's just, the whole Krypton backstory, interesting, needed a little more attention, though, if you want it to be, like, more of a historical I agree. Because in the, in, the, in the way that they presented it, more of the, the people, the Kryptonians, would have been able to get off the planet in time. Right. Whereas and Cal wouldn't have been... Why, yeah. why didn't they just leave the planet? Exactly. Anyway... So that the opening scene is really cool. Again, I, I enjoyed it. The whole codex thing, kind of interesting yeah. uh, aspect, but that obviously is the the plot element that drives Zod to look for Kal-el anyway. So right, and Zach Zach Snyder, the director, Zachy G, Zachy G, he is he's always the type of director, and same with uh, you know Christopher Nolan. They want the story that they want, and they'll fill in what villain makes sense after the fact. You know, Zod makes sense if you want the origin story. If you want the origin story, absolutely. And I think that's the origin story that they were going for, obviously. So that's why they fit him and they could have used, you know, other villains, obviously. But he plans that after the fact. He This is the story that he wanted and he'll fill in the details as it makes sense. But I agree with you about the beginning. There could have been a little more detail uh, to that to make more logical sense. But yeah, we're only I mean, humans. This is a long... We don't know. Yeah. This is a long movie anyway. I mean, I don't know how much more detail you could go into without just making this thing five hours long, but... Well, you don't have to make it five hours long. I mean, the movie's already, what, two hours and 20? It's almost... It's only two and a half hours. It was almost three, isn't it? Was it? 143 minutes? So 223? I I feel like if you're already going to make a movie two hours and 23 minutes, why not just make it just, you know, 10 or 15 minutes longer just so you can get that detail where it matters? Yeah. So, opening scene was interesting. Uh, side note on the villains, you got Zod, and you got the, the two henchmen that he had. I can't remember what their name their names were, but... Um, henchman 1, Henchman 2. Well, yeah. So, one's like the, the big guy, and then one's the girl. And I gotta say, whenever the girl is fighting, like in, in Smallville, that was really cool, watching her fight around. Like, the way she, like, moved just really fast. Yeah. It was really cool. But the other guy had, like, nothing... No character development, no, hey, my name is this guy, or I'm from the house of this house. Mm-hmm. It's just that I am a person, and I'm a big guy, and I'm going to fight you. I'm not going to have any lines, but I'm here. It's kind of weird that they just had a guy that was no, didn't have any lines or any development of who he is, why he's important, or anything. We get the second in the command with the lieutenant person. That's the yep. only other person, and then the doctor, mm-hmm. who have really anything to say from 
Zod's crew. Who's a lot more involved in decision-making. And why does he have a German accent? Yeah. Like, like, he had an Austrian, like, ah, yes. I mean, he didn't go with the Zs and things like that, but it was very much, like, you know, (laughs) why would he have that kind of accent? Yes, if they're all bred the same, you know what I mean? There should have been more consistency. Yeah. But, again, if anyone should have been different, it should have been Cal. Right. Because he's... He should have like He's a natural born and a natural born, and he was raised On in Earth. a different environment. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So he's got the different influences. Where in Krypton, I can imagine it being very kind of sterile, and yes. everything is this, this way. So there's no like the Lego movie. Is that what you're trying to say? Maybe everyone has their specific purpose. Everything was awesome. Everything was awesome until the planet started to blow up, <laughs> <laughs> and then nobody was part of a team. <laughs> Everything just went downhill from there. <laughs> so let's move on from Krypton and actually talk about the Man of Steel. So one thing that a lot of people, and I alluded to at the beginning, think of when they think of Man of Steel is they think of emo, hobo, Superman. Mm-hmm. Wearing a flannel, lumberjack. They just think of him as in that way. And he was only portrayed like that for maybe five, ten minutes. Yeah. And that was because he was on a fishing boat. Mm-hmm. And that's what a fisherman would have wore. Yeah. It doesn't bother me at all. And they said it when she, when Lois was looking for him later in the movie, they had like a, you know, a narration part of the movie where, you know, she was like, well, he's either, he, he either comes and, he, and he's either a ghost or he comes and he does this really good thing and then he, and then he leaves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's and blending that, in. That's what he is. Exactly. That was his purpose. He just jumps from job to job doing what he can to fit in and then... You see something at the very beginning, like on the oil rig, that happens. Mm-hmm. Then he's forced to leave, right? I mean, all those people very every time he reveals himself, he doesn't. He leaves. Everybody plainly saw that he was just shirtless on fire. Shirtless. His pants did not burn. Did you notice that? What's yes. up with that? I mean, they were tattered a little bit later. Conveniently, his pants don't burn. Those must be this some is fire. P- this is a PG movie. But seriously, maybe is maybe they could say, "Oh man, good thing your pants were soaked in water so much," or "Good <laughs> thing that you had the the fire retardant pants on today." I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the Hulk hulking out and always having the pants on, and they like, always fit. Yeah, what is with that? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Continue. No, that's that's all I was gonna say. It's just it's another one of those inconsistencies. But I mean, I guess. We're supposed to just kind of overlook that in the awe of the story and the cinematography of the movie, mm-hmm. right? Which, you know, we do a lot of time. Right. And I, in this movie, is one thing that this movie does really well, and Zack Snyder does this really well, is film a movie that looks like a comic book. Yes. And that's not to any sort of uh, disparaging remark or anything. But you look at Iron Man. It's not filmed like a comic book movie. It's no. filmed like a... Real movie, mm-hmm. like a real movie, a, a typical Hollywood movie, right? This has the stylistic approach that you would see in a comic book because each comic book is different because of the artist that makes it, right? Mm-hmm. So, in the fact that Zack Snyder brings his own approach to this movie, I'm glad it doesn't look like The Dark Knight. I'm glad it doesn't look like Dark Knight Rises or Batman Begins, any of those other Nolan movies. This is its own new thing in this new universe, mm-hmm. and I'm glad it looks like it's its own thing too. And I think that's why they probably made the choice to go with someone like Zack Snyder for for these movies, right? Because right. Uh, you know, to be honest, 
you know, we're, we've been hating on DC because they're trying to catch up to Marvel, and, and, and I, I think they're skipping ahead too much. We'll find out with Batman versus Superman if they're skipping ahead too much rather than do, like, these origin movies and then do a crossover. If they have any chance of succeeding, it's because of the stylistic approach, mm-hmm. because of Zack Snyder making it look like a comic book. Mm-hmm. Just my opinion. And it, it gives them their own unique look and yep. feel. That and the music is very pronounced in the movie. Very, very amazing soundtrack and score for this film. Hans Zimmer, 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 whatever. Hani Z. Hans. Hans Z. Hans. Hans and Junkie XL worked together on some of the soundtrack score for this movie. Are they doing Batman vs. Superman too? See, I'm more excited for that part of the movie than the movie itself. So let, let's hold your, your thoughts yeah. on that until a little <laughs> bit later. Let, let's get to actually the man in the cape at this point, right? So he hears about this alien ship being found, mm-hmm. and he goes and checks it out, uses his heat vision to make a tunnel right to the place, finds the ship, puts his little data stick in there, and says, welcome, you know, you're, you're, you're my son. Mm-hmm. The AI pops up. The consciousness that was downloaded. So it's kind of weird. The weirdest thing about this scene is, why is there? Why is his Superman suit just on that ship? Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why his Superman suit was just chilling out there in the ship. Because it's the House of L, right? We don't necessarily know that the House of L, which that symbol is for, right. was that ship's captain or crew why would his symbol be on that chest we see zod later on with the same kind of suit but with a all black and his symbol was on it right wouldn't it just be an all black thing without a symbol or with somebody else's symbol why is it his symbol uh it questions yes Mm-hmm. No, don't know what don't mean. need answered because it's a comic book movie. They'll say it just it moves the plot along. This movie's already long enough. Don't don't draw it out any further, right? But it's just I I think it would have been nice to say that this is a have him drop a line. Russell Crowe's character uh, Jor have him drop a line that this ship was actually one of our forefathers' ship or something like that. Yeah, that would give a reason why it does that. House of L is on the ship. It's on his symbol on his chest. Yeah, it doesn't take any more time, any more backstory. Right. It's, it's a line. Drop that. It makes a lot more sense. But at least it'll get rid of that feeling that you had probably when you watched it where it's just like, hmm? Like that kind of like the, irking the feeling. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. Because, or the suit just, because I can get with the color scheme, whatever, that's fine. It can be black and or red or blue or whatever they want it to be because that's just whatever it is. <clears throat> But if they say this was, you know, the House of L's discovery ship, they discovered this planet, that's why we sent you here anyway. That would have been a cool little thing to kind of tie that end up and make that question not even a factor. Yeah, because maybe now, with that logic, maybe now somebody that is a relative of his has also been hiding out on Earth or something like that. Something like that, right? That would be interesting. Absolutely. So he gets his suit, he goes and flies... Learns to fly. He's jumping and... All of a sudden. Right. I mean, the overall thing that you take away from his training with Zod is... Or not Zod, with Jor is like, what can I do? I don't know. Try to do it and see if you can. Try harder. Right. If you can't try something, just try it harder. 
And that is kind of the problem with Superman, right? Is like he is a god. Yeah. He can do whatever he wants. He can shoot lasers out of his eyes. He can blow cold breath out of his lungs. Mm-hmm. He can fly. He can just strong X-ray bullets, vision. Everything, yeah. Excellent hearing. It's... So just try Makes harder. him less appealing, though, in my opinion. That is the problem with Superman, is that he is too powerful, yeah. right? A lot of these other heroes, you look at Batman, he's immortal. He's, he's just a guy, and he's got a suit. It's a vigilante with gadgets. Right. Then you have even, even Wonder Woman. She has weaknesses. She can die. Yep. But Superman is just on a, a, another level all completely together, right? Yep. So, and that's why I'm interested to see, we can discuss it later, but that's the problem with Superman. Yeah. And that, that's just, but the way that they handle it in this movie seems to be okay. It just doesn't... Well, yeah, because he's, against, it, because he's pitted against other people of his own kind. Yeah, because that's, that's the only way that you can really understand. And I would think that they should have done this stuff first. They should have flown first. They should have done all this other things first because Zad has a line, I trained my body and my senses and I can, I can take care of this. You were cast out or whatever. You were raised on a farm. Mm-hmm. It would make sense that Zod would do laser vision or Zod would do something or fly first and Clark's like, well, I could do that mm-hmm. and then do it. Yeah. So unless Jor-El has a little thing where it says, hey, you can fly, you can do all these things, he has a little manual about, you know, cheat sheet on what to be for Superman. Right. <laughs> so, Expected powers. Right. Build up this level to do this and that. So I think that that would be a nice little thing that they could have done differently is that when he's fighting Zod, because he fights him a couple times, is that either Zod tells him that this is what he can do because he's militarily trained. And these are militarily, you know, powers, right? These are offensive powers that he could use. So you alluded to it a second ago, like with the the powers that you do get, the hearing, the vision. I do think it was a good when he had young Clark at school Mm -hmm. start to have his powers kind of... You know, he could hear everybody, he could hear everything, just couldn't focus on he, his sight went to x-ray and right. things like that. That was really cool, really well done. Good character development as far as the young Clark story goes there. Absolutely. Especially with his mom. Yep. That was a good little scene. The, probably in my opinion, the biggest problem with this movie, in one way, is Pa Kent. In another way, it's excellent. Right? We talk about the way Pa Kemp raised Clark. He raised him to not show his powers. Correct. He raised him to hide who he is, and even so far as to say when that school bus went to the edge, should I have saved him? And then Pa Kemp was like, maybe not. That is the problem with the guiding factor of this movie. He's like, maybe not save me. Maybe You should have. I think the, the Clark Kent that we know and grow up with, the comic book character, the, the boy in blue, is, I have to save everybody, there's no questions. And his pa, Kent, in the comic books, raised him to be that way. Right. Raised him to be, if you see someone in distress, you help them, no matter what. Reveal yourself, it doesn't care. Just help them. Yeah, and he was more concerned in this movie with not revealing his identity, even to the point of not saving his own life. Yeah, and that was ridiculous. Yes, on many aspects. Mm-hmm. Like, when he died, it was emotional. It was moving. It was a good scene. Right, because he... I, I thought in that moment, he taught him, by sacrificing himself, he taught him two very important lessons. One, 
he really did not want him to show himself because he wanted him to have a normal life or maybe to some extent he was worried about if he discovers these powers, how powerful he can be. He's worried that it, it, it will make people uneasy, right, to have somebody like that walking among them if they know. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he said a line there that was perfect. He was like, you know, the fate of our planet rests on what type of man you are going to grow into be. Good or bad. Good or bad. If it's bad, we're screwed. So that that was it, right? Why wouldn't he say, for good, you help a person no matter what. For bad, you watch them and let them die. That's the, that was the mm-hmm. mixed messaging I got out of that particular scene in Paul Ken's Guidance All Along, right? Yeah. I don't really know if that was the intent. I don't think so. I mean, he didn't he didn't say anything in response, right? What do you mean? When he asked him if he should have saved the people in the bus, the kids in the bus. Well, he, he didn't give a firm answer. He's like, maybe, maybe not, something like that. Oh, he said that line? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought he just looked at him, and you're supposed to just interpret as, I don't remember. If he said that line, I don't know, maybe they're just confused. I mean, no one's been in this position before, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to say whether or not, but... Judging from, like, where you're coming from, from the comics, then it's a little inconsistent, I guess. Right, which they're building their new... This is their own interpretation of Clark Kent and Superman. Yeah. Then so I understand that. In yeah, But, I mean, yeah, in in that case, he probably would have just... Like, he, he showed himself to all these people on the oil rig to save all these people, but he wouldn't show himself to a few people hiding under a bridge to save his own father. And that had to have been, like, maybe three or four years earlier. I yeah. mean, that's it. It was super easy. You're just like, zoom, gotcha. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was one of those things where the scene was impactful, and yeah. that's what they got out of the death scene. But at the same time, it, was a, a, it wasn't the right message, I don't think, to send to Clark. No, and this, is, this can sometimes be what I was saying about Zack Snyder wanting the story. Mm-hmm. And then filling in the details, this can sometimes be a problem, right? Because they wanted Paul Kent to die mm-hmm. for whatever reason, motivation or, you know, whatnot. They just didn't do it in a way that it makes the most sense. Right. And I like the way that, I don't know, this sounds weird. I like the way that Paul Kent dies in other aspects or other stories. Mm-hmm. Most of the times, I think it's like a heart attack, right? Yeah. Which is something that Clark can't prevent. He can't. Right, and that would make him helpless, and yeah. Right, it brings that that helplessness, that sense to it. This was just Pa Kent saying, don't save me, and there was no real reason for it, and Clark needed his guidance still. Absolutely. If And, and if Pa Kent was really concerned with, you know, how you're going to grow up is going to affect the world, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd feel like you'd want to be around to counsel him as his father figure for mm-hmm. as long as you can. Yeah. Let him go save the dog in the car. You get under the bridge with your wife. Yeah. Why didn't he just take the, the, the baby to the overpass? Why? Yeah. I mean, I already have the baby. I'll take the baby and your mom and I'll get under the bridge. Go grab the dog real quick. Yeah. And if he would have been in the tornado, nobody probably really knew who he was. And if he sur- survived, nobody would question it. Yeah. Don't use your powers if you have to. Or get the dog and fly the other direction that no one can see you. We'll meet you back at the house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's just a few things, a few questions that come up. I And I, I feel like I'm coming down hard on this movie, and I don't really intend to, because I do enjoy it. 
Well, these movies call for higher standards than other movies, right? Because we have... This has the, the Nolan name attached to it. And we have the idea of who Superman is based right. on comics, previous movies. You know, a lot of things go unsaid in this movie, like his laser vision is a good example, right? That's something that we expect out of Superman. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's why it went unsaid and he just had it. That's what we expect to see out of Superman. I would have expected to understand why he has that power, how he figured it out, how he used Well, they had trained. that one when he was a kid that he like looked at the doorknob and it got hot, so maybe that was the start. It's things that go unsaid like right. that that, you know, I guess don't need that much attention to detail, but maybe we just hold it to a higher standard because it is Superman or it is Batman or it is some other superhero that we know from previous movies or comics, books, whatever. Mm-hmm. So let's get past this, right? And he becomes Superman. Really, the first thing he does is give himself up, right? He doesn't. He doesn't come in and save the day, except for, you know, the oil rig and those different little things that Lois kind of investigates. And I love that one thing too, where it's the guy, the trucker, that is being obnoxious yes. to the woman, and then he pours beer or whatever. At, uh, at Clark, and then he comes out and the stakes are all through the truck. That was, yes. That was pretty funny. Yes. But really good job of being the bigger person walking away there, but, I mean, he's still to some extent right. just a regular person, right? You still want that spite. And... Mm-hmm. So when, when he becomes Superman, and maybe I missed it, but the first thing he does as Superman is just give himself up, right? When he openly decides to come out as, yeah. Yeah, because he's discovered his powers he discovered where you know what he could from jor-el he goes mm-hmm. back to ma kent's house does the dishes and that's when Watching zod a football shows up. game on tv and then zod shows up right and maybe pa kent's whole you know whole mantra throughout this whole thing is the world's not ready for someone like you yet well while they may not be ready now that zod is here maybe he just thinks it doesn't matter if they're ready or not this is either going to annihilate the whole world that I know, that I grew up on, that I like, that I love, or, you know, it just, and if all I have to do is go with them and be a part of them, then that's something that I have to do now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he even goes, he even goes to church and talks to his, his priest about it. You know, that's how much a part of earth is of him to go and rely on faith that, I mean, what God does he pray to? He is a God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, that is the first thing that he does, and I, I don't think it's a bad choice. No, but he doesn't establish himself at all as a, as a figure. You want to see some scenes of some cat stuck up in trees, and, no, and then I he comes see... and he rips off the shirt and goes to <laughs> save the cat. Here no. you go, ma'am. <laughs> That's not what I want to okay. see. What I would have liked to have seen is someone in peril. Another oil rig incident. Not necessarily oil rig because they already did that, but maybe an well, airline or an airplane coming down, which is what they've done in a lot of other Superman yeah. shows. And they did it in the Supergirl TV show, the pilot. She yeah. saved the airplane. And not only does he show up, but he shows up in his in suit. his suit and it's he's recognized. Maybe that's when the Daily Planet starts recognizing him as Superman. Right. So, but I understand that the way that they wanted to go with this one and kind of draw him out that way because now... He's not been established on the planet as any sort of hero, villain, anything. Mm-hmm. He's just been hiding out. And Zod says, for reasons we don't know, he hasn't revealed himself to you, but he's been harbored here on the planet. Give him to us. So as far as everybody else knows, he is just an alien. He is part of this problem that just showed up. Mm-hmm. 
So, now begins the battles between Zod's people and Clark, right? Mm-hmm. He goes, turns himself in. They come and take him and Lois for some reason. They, there was no reason for them to take Lois. No, and I, I really don't think that they should have given her up that easy. Um, because the military is right. They stood right there and they said, look, you know, we're not giving you one of our own people. We agreed to give you one of, you know, the person that you want that you came here for, your person. Mm-hmm. But you're not coming into our planet and taking one of our people. And the, what was the point of them taking? Why would they even want her? And why would she, why would they give up so easily when she agreed to go with them? Right. That's not the point. The point is that you're coming here. You're invading our planet to take this person that is your people that's been hiding out. Here he is. Take him. See ya. And there was the only plot element for her going was to be put in, in distress where Clark has to go save her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Like it was planned. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. There was, because Zod didn't say anything to her nope. when she got on the on the ship. I mean, it's possible he didn't have a chance with everything that happened on the ship. But they did probe her mind and got something out of her. You think that's what they were? Well, because she said that line, they, they got in my mind or something, and they did the same thing to Clark. You see the visual representation of that, where Clark is in, in his black yep. stuff, and they blow up, not blow up, but they turn the planet into Krypton. Mm-hmm. So they did something similar. Lois drops a line and says to her, so maybe there was something that they got out of her that they didn't know. It would make sense maybe if she was coming along, if they were trying to get a human's view on this is what our world is, document it and take it back to your people or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Be, be the reporter that you are. Mm-hmm. But they really have no need for why they're coming here, and there was no need for her to be on the ship at all. So. Yeah. So that was just interesting because then, obviously, Superman escapes by Zod. or not just Zod. punching a hole in the ship. But, yeah. Seriously, it's like, punch a hole, and there it is. You can go outside. Mm-hmm. What? That was just weird, right? Strike this panel. Oh, there's Earth. Look at that. Perfect. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's and it's it's described. The reason why Zod gets to the planet is they go to these other planets where these ships were sent to, right? Again, it would have been interesting to say the House of El sent ships here, here, and here, but then we've been looking and we heard your distress signal from this ship, and then came here. Mm-hmm. Again, that would have been a cool little thing to do. So, yeah. that aside, we we start the fights, right? And yeah, this is where this I is where the fights off start. a little bit. Yeah. Because it starts with Smallville, and then it he just... He looks like the guy from Smallville, too, Henry Cavill. Yeah, Tom Willey. Yeah. <laughs> so it starts just at Smallville, and it just kind of escalates up into Metropolis, and just mm-hmm. buildings falling down, left and right. So, But I do want to uh, mention again the, the female Zod's crew lieutenant. She fights really cool. Like Her fights were just really quick, moving Absolutely. around. I liked that character. I wish I had more development with that character. Yeah. She was interesting. The the big brooding guy, the tall, big, muscular guy, he just was there for a minute and then didn't even matter. An interesting fact about that one girl is that the same girl that was cast to play Wonder Woman, I don't know her name, in the upcoming Batman vs. Superman movie. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. She was offered this role as Zod's lieutenant and had to turn it down because she was pregnant. Probably for the best. And then got offered Wonder Woman right uh-huh. after. Probably for the <laughs> so, best there. Upgrade. What did you think about this fight that just 
escalated. I think it was too long. So in the beginning, in the Smallville incident, we, we get established for the military and for everybody that Clark isn't the enemy, right? Clark stands his own. He doesn't beat them. He stands his own, and then they leave. They retreat. Zod gets his mask ripped off and has the same has reaction the Clark does up in the ship, right. vice versa. That yeah. makes sense, sure. Kind of makes him weak a little bit, disorients him, and then he, he escapes. Then we come back later, and it's just an all-out, we're going to, we figured out the codex was in Clark's blood, and we're going to just go ahead and turn this into The German Krypton. guy says we don't need him alive, so That's it's right. okay. We don't need him alive, <laughs> sir. It's just, Is that Hans Zimmer? No. <laughs> that would be funny, though, wouldn't it? You see him in the back, just conducting the- <laughs> Um, so when when you look at the movie at this point, this is the last scene, honestly. This is the climax of the movie, yeah. I guess. It's, it's a huge, long climax. It's yeah, it's a very long drawn out. I mean... We get some good development from Perry White a little bit in here because he, he's, you know, the editor of The Daily Planet and he gives a couple lines here and there, but you get the development from him that he's... He's a good guy. He's trying to escape with a couple people from the, the planet, yep. and he's not going to abandon them. He's not right. going to leave them. He could. He could run away, but he doesn't. Yeah. So we get some good development from, from that character. We also get the world machine on the Indian Ocean somewhere, just mm-hmm. chilling. And then on the other side of the world, you got the thing at Metropolis. Why they decide to do it over Metropolis, I don't know. Because that's where Superman is. I guess. So that, that hasn't even been established yet that that's where yeah. his, his place is. But, so... Because in these movies, whatever city the the superhero is in is the city that the world revolves around. Obviously, yeah. It's the only city on it's the planet. It's the only city that matters. Unless you get the... The Flash and everybody, and then there's, oh, there's Central City over here, or there's Starling City over here. And neighboring cities, but still, it's like one big dome that everything's revolving around. This fight is highly divisive. You could say it causes a division. No. (laughs) Couldn't even make it through. (laughs) So this, this fight just goes on for a while. It's Zod versus Superman. They go mm-hmm. up in the atmosphere, they hit satellites, they come back down. I mean, honestly, from a visual aspect, it's a cool fight. It is, from a movie aspect, though, almost, it feels like it's too long. Yes. Then, there's the destruction aspect. So, Smallville was pretty much decimated. The downtown Smallville area, decimated, right? The little town was so small, it was probably decimated just by when he flew him <laughs> through the gas station or something. You know what I mean? Could have been, yeah. <laughs> That's... And then you go to Metropolis, and there are skyscrapers that are falling left and right, and there's this the moral the world engine thing causing this stuff to just be destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much causes a travesty, right? In, in terms of destruction, yeah. I mean, these the countless number of people that had to have died. But let's think about this realistically, right? I, I know it's a big If you city. think about it realistically, you got millions of people dead. I, you're talking like as if there are millions of people there like it was on a regular work day, right? Well, if, it was. They were working at the Daily Planet. If aliens had invaded days before, you don't think some of these major cities would have been evacuated? No. No? Where are they going to go? 
outside of the major cities, which would most likely be the they, target. They're in Smallville right now. Where are we going to go? Did you not just see Cloverfield? <laughs> this, is how, this is how it happens. This is true. Is this part of... Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm just saying, if, if aliens ever come and invade our planet in real life... Independence Day, it, right? Yeah, where I'm do getting they out of up? a major city. Where do they set up an Independence Day? They set up above New York, D.C., exactly. all the big cities, right? Exactly. That's... Common alien knowledge. But there's so many people in these cities. How can you possibly evacuate You them? can't. And, I mean, I'm not saying the casualties would be zero, but to say that, like, millions or, you know, a couple hundred thousand maybe, I don't know. It's... So here's the problem with this fight. Clock. Clock. Clark. Clock. <laughs> God, my boss is actually going. He is, he is so in focused on fighting Zod mm-hmm. that... He doesn't notice or care or seem to even realize the destruction that's being caused and the people that are being hurt as a result of his actions. He only seems to care about the four people or three people at the end that Zod's about to kill directly. Indirectly, how many did he and Zod kill? Yeah, and that's probably why, you know, we see some of the glimpses of, in the trailer of Batman versus Superman where it's the premise of, Bruce Wayne looking on as Metropolis is destroyed, mm-hmm. and you know the the people uh, of the, these major cities are now hating on Superman because of that, and it's very true. He mm-hmm. was too focused on what was going on. You look at so the original Superman movie with Richard or Christopher Reeves, mm-hmm. where he fights Zod in the city in Metropolis. Granted, this was like the seventies, so they couldn't do some of the stuff they can do today, but. Superman was concerned about the people on a bus yep. getting hurt. And in here, there's no telling how many people have lost their lives or died as a result of Clark's direct summoning, let's say it, he did summon inadvertently these people. And he probably could have thought of a better way to fight these people. He probably could have figured a way to draw them out of Metropolis for Absolutely. one Absolutely, yeah, because he's what they're after. Yeah, so I just, and that's got to be where we get to with Batman or Superman. That's, I hope so. Because this causes some major fallout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool to do a movie where, yeah, these buildings are falling and this and that. I mean, even the Avengers didn't cause that much damage, and it was alluded to about the rebuilding and everything else in the Avengers movies, right? Yep. And in the, the Daredevil TV show and everything like that, it alludes to rebuilding of New York. Even in Captain America... It alludes to the Scovia Accords for the city go up in there and then drops down, right? Yep. So that has to be a, a focus point of the next movie. It has to be. It looks if like it's it not, in the trailers. Yeah. And if it's not, if it doesn't adequately address this, I think you're going to have some issues. I think we already have some issues, right? Right. That we pointed out and when we a lot of the trailers, you can kind of infer mm-hmm. what this movie is going to be about from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. It looks like that's how they're going to start the movie out. Right. But let's hope that whatever events happen in this new movie that he, Superman, is more conscious about saving people and not causing another path of destruction. Or this, If this movie doesn't change him as a character to be more careful, to rein in his powers, to know when to use him. It's like Uncle Ben says, Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Great power, great responsibility. Yeah, and and this is him finding out what type of power he has. Maybe we can let it slide. Mm-hmm. 
can't let it slide in this new movie. And maybe in this new movie, he's going the complete opposite and saying, well, anybody that causes harm needs to go. And so that's why he goes and looks up Batman, mm-hmm. right? And that could be the cause of that, is that he has this complete character paradigm shift. And how much, how much, I, I'm curious as to how much time is going to elapse during this this upcoming movie, right? Because it's supposed to happen, you know, concurrently when the other one is happening. I could see parts of the Batman origin, not origin, but the Batman story beginning before the the alien invasion, we'll call it. I hope. And then during the invasion, Batman kind of figures out what he can do and then sees this fight happening because he goes to Metropolis mm-hmm. or he's at Metropolis and we see him there. It's I am more excited now honestly, after this discussion, to see what they do from the story aspect to make sure they tie this all in and give me a more satisfying answer to some of these, these questions. I'm ex- Yes, I, I completely agree with you. I was less excited about seeing this movie before we had this discussion, right? Because now we're excited for the story. We know that the music is going to be good. <laughs> we, can, we can expect some really good shots from Zack Snyder, good cinematography. And I don't know what kind of budget that they're working with, but I bet you it's ridiculous. Yeah. So we know that we're going to get a good quality movie. Whether or not it has a good story and it makes sense along the way is is the question. But the not knowing is is kind of fun to to think about. And mm-hmm. so I'm excited to go see it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it more now than it was like an hour ago, right? Because I... You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's... This movie, Man of Steel, was epic. I mean... You look at the, the term epic, and this is a grand scale. This is pretty big. Yep. The the music, the scoring, the Krypton fight, everything. This was a massive attempt to tell a story within one movie. Yes. I mean, it was. And did it get a little bloated? Maybe. But that's my, my fear with this next movie, is that it will get bloated with all these characters they're adding in. Yeah, too much at one time. Right. I mean... You're... you're, you're this movie is a follow-up to Man of Steel, which is a Superman movie, right? Who's the titular character? Who's the first character mentioned in the title in this next one? Batman. Batman. And he's not even been introduced in this universe yet. Yeah. I heard that they're making a Man of Steel 2, which is a proper sequel. And that's going to be in production. You know, sometime in the le- in the latter part of 2000, the t- 10s decade. But I don't know what they're going to do with this movie. I feel like they're trying to skip ahead too fast to try to catch up to Marvel, and they're going to miss out on some of these origin stories that some are good stories. Yeah, that are foundational blocks mm-hmm. for these crossover movies. Which I'm hoping what they do is like with the Wonder Woman movie is that they go back and tell a, a prequel that gives her a reason why she comes into Man of Steel or <laughs> Batman or Superman, because. The Wonder Woman story by itself, when the origin of Wonder Woman is actually a really good story. Yeah. So, so. if they do that, that might be kind of cool to get that origin story because we want the origin story, right? We want to know how they came about, where they were when we saw them for the first time, and maybe just to kind of see Batman versus Superman from a different angle, mm-hmm. being introduced, introducing that character in, that might be kind of cool to see. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they're rushing it. It'll be interesting. I'm looking forward now to watching it. I think it'll be good. I got my ticket spot for the 7 o'clock show on Thursday. IMAX 3D. It'll be good. Yeah. It'll be entertaining for sure. Entertaining. (laughs) So uh, as we close out tonight, this podcast, this morning, whatever it is, this week. It's right in between this morning and this (laughs) night, actually. (laughs) 
So as we close out, we just want to thank you for listening. We uh, are able to be reached at thatsentertaining at gmail.com, at entertainingpod on Twitter. I am at SithNightmare on Twitter. And I am at D-O-U-E-1-H-1. And next week, like we said, we'll be talking Batman versus Superman. I do want to give a uh, shout-out to our friends over at Fluxdeposed. They're continuing to do some good podcast work over there. The PSVG Play Some Video Games crew that I'm a part of has new video game direct content each week. So you can go check out the video game podcast over there. And as a little bit of a spoiler, in this feed, in the coming weeks, you will see a new podcast offshoot. So there's a little bit of a tease, a bit of a spoiler. Be on the lookout for that. And we'll be hopefully entertaining you in some other aspects. So that'll do it for us this week. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening. And we hope that you have been entertained.